Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is the morning after podcast of the Falcons podcast. It is a back-to-back loss Mondays as we close out uh, September, open up October. Open up October 1st with a loss in London. And uh, we're going to take the temperature of everybody in the room on here and see what everybody has to think. And we'll answer some questions. I'll give my thoughts on this. Good, bad, ugly, etc. Where the Falcons go? We'll be here about 30 minutes, so welcome in, everybody. And we do this live on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. because we like interacting and getting your thoughts as well. And some folks have been in here nice and early, like uh, like Corey Ellison. We want to say hello to some folks in the chat. He says, can we just not talk about Atlanta today? I'm sure nobody really wants to. By the way, good morning. Good morning to you. Well, we can talk baseball. Uh, Braves kick off uh, first pitch next Saturday against the Marlins and uh, Phillies winner, I believe. Um, but no, it was a, it was a football weekend for us. The most of the baseball I watch right now is youth baseball and softball. So, um, we'll get into all this. I know everybody's a little frustrated. Um, I, I, I am too with the offense watching the offense is frustrating. We'll look at some of the big picture stuff and, and see what could change, what could get better, et cetera, et cetera. John Harrell, he says, good morning, Scott. Uh, Nick Nick is on location today. He's out uh, finishing up his first his last big hike before uh, he has to stay home because, you know, he's got a, a an expecting wife. So he's not going to be getting out t- too often, too far away from home where he's going to be, you know, gone for a couple days at a time. Um, Jacqueline Galloway comes in. Good morning, Scott and Nick. And, and, and all of y'all, that's all of y'all. Rise up. I'm ready for this podcast. Let's go. Appreciate you. And John and Jacqueline both came in with super stickers. So certainly appreciate that. That is the most direct way you can support the show and everything that we do on this channel and hope to grow and do more of these type of things. Uh, it is definitely growing. And the the losses don't help um, with the growth, but I think sometimes it, it can... Nobody expected this team to go undefeated. John Harrell also coming in with a super sticker. So thank you so much. Um, for your support, like I said, for Jacqueline and John, that is the, the single most direct way you can, you can support, uh, support the show. 
So um, when I'm in here by myself, I want to make sure I'm saying hello to everybody. I scroll down to the bottom and make sure that uh, there's no, hey, Scott, you're muted or anything like that. So just checking. I once talked for about 12 minutes before I realized I was still muted. So that was really embarrassing. My forehead got all bright and uh, uh, we won't go there. Lance Lance comes and he says, Smith is now on the hot seat. Offense has struggled since 22. The 22 offense scored 17 points or more just four times. Two games where the Bucks cards backups. Bears game, we had a kick return inflating our points per game. I think it's I think he's feeling the pressure. I don't know if he's on the hot seat, so to speak. If this team right now they're two and two, let's say they finish 500, nine and eight, eight or nine. Do you think he's back? I do. I think he is. Um that said, the more I watch, the more I watch this offense, the more I've questioned. If you're new here, there's a lot of familiar faces. You know I've been pretty critical of the the Kyle Pitts draft, the Drake London draft. Those were not my my decisions at all because your quarterback position was so unsettled. Especially the Kyle Pitts one because it wasn't just the quarterback position. It was the whole team was unsettled. And you're going to take a pass catcher when you've got no offensive line, no defensive line, one cornerback, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, this is coming to fruition where you're in the third year of Kyle Pitts's contract and your quarterback position is still unsettled. That to me, and, and the thing is, is I would push that towards Terry Fontenot more, but I'm not going to because those guys say constantly, we make our decisions together and they've, they don't contradict each other ever publicly. That doesn't mean they don't have discussions and disagreements, but that was their pick. So I would share the blame equally for the construction of the roster and you, you could argue, say, listen, there's a point. I'll get into it right now while, while I'm talking about it. Um, you could argue, well, Kyle Pitts is the right guy. He was the right pick to replace Julio Jones long-term, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's fine. And you can argue the role in the offense and the lack of quarterback. I certainly will. I certainly do. But, man, I'm starting to get some. There, there's a uh, – let me, let me look up the, the stats on this guy and tell me who this sounds like. Um, tell me who this sounds like. If this reminds you of anybody like Kyle Pitts, this man measured six foot six, 251 pounds. He was a first round draft pick at tight end, 4.5140, 30 inch vertical lump, six jump, leap lump, 6.853 cone, 416 shuttle, 22 bench. And that sounds like Kyle Pitts, doesn't it? You know who that is? That's OJ Howard. O.J. Howard was the best receiving tight end I think I ever scouted coming out of high school. He was okay in college, physically through the roof, and then he's had kind of a meddling okay pro career so far. Man, I'm starting to get those vibes with Kyle Pitts. He's not a tight end because he's not in line blocking all the time. He only takes about 25% of the snaps. He's play at tight end in line. He's playing more wide wide receiver whether it's slot or outside and is he getting open you know how come he's not being more productive is it just a quarterback is it just a scheme I don't know but I'm starting to get onto the bandwagon of listen if you can't use this guy properly get something for him while you can in the fourth year of his contract going into next year. See if you can recoup some of the value before you get six, seven years into his career and you find out he just is a five or 600 yard 
wide uh, tight end in a normal offense. The, the, the offense where you had a thousand with Matt Ryan, that wasn't a typical offense. That was, we got one guy to throw to, and, and, and that's Kyle Pitts. We're going to force feed him the ball. This is a little different. You got more weapons out there, and he's unproductive. That's that's not good enough for a number four overall pick, the highest the highest picked tight end of all time. That's not good enough. So I'm I'm starting to if if there is a a full empty meter and empty means it was time to trade. My, mine's starting to tick this way a little bit. It's starting to tick towards empty. I'm not halfway there. I'm not saying trade him, but. It's crossed my mind. If we were to make start making some arguments for it, I would listen for sure. Um, and John says we have six first round picks and a second player on off a second round on offense, thirteen points and eleven sacks. If Arthur Smith waits until after week thirteen to bench Ritter, he will get fired. Michael Rankio coming in. Good to see you, Michael. Appreciate you being here uh, today, this morning, and joining us from Tucson. I know you got to get up early to pull that off. Dave says good morning, guys. Good morning, Dave. Sean Edwards coming in. He's also over on Facebook. He says, good morning also. How long till Atlanta says, screw it, and puts in Taylor Heineke? What can it hurt? I swear every time I watch a game, my blood pressure is sky high. Um, You're you're looking at upside here. Do you think the best version of Desmond Ritter would be the best version of Taylor Heineke? If the answer is yes, and obviously the Falcons think the answer is yes, then you let Desmond Ritter play right now. You're two and two. You're frankly right where you expected to be maybe not exactly how you expected to be there but if we go back when the schedule came out in july nick and i went through all the games i had the atlanta falcons two and two starting two and zero at home going two and two on the road uh against arguably their two toughest opponents in um at detroit and then on the road in london against the jacksonville jaguars two pretty good playoff teams the problem is, is the Atlanta Falcons did not look good doing it. Their offense has regressed big time. Their defense is playing better than we expected, which is keeping them in games and shining a bigger light on the problems that the offense is having. I'll tell you another problem, y'all. Houston's coming. Houston's coming. That's one of those teams, one of those games that we basically penciled in as a win. I believe the, the Falcons take on the, the Houston Texans. They come home and play the Texans next week. Then they've got the Commanders. Then they're at Buccaneers, okay? So when we started, I said two and two, but my expectations were the Texans weren't going to be very good, okay? The Texans have won two in a row, and they have not been gimmies, and they've been against playoff teams, including this Jacksonville Jaguars team. And then they just went out and dominated a good Pittsburgh Steelers team. Why can't I find that score? Pittsburgh Steelers, Houston, Texans, they beat them 30 to six. 30 to six. Houston's coming. The Commanders got off to a 2-0 start against the meh of the, of the NFL, against uh, the Arizona Cardinals and uh, the Denver Broncos, okay? So they get up to another start. They get their doors blown off by the Buffalo Bills. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. And you know what? They went to overtime in Philly. Washington's better than we were expecting. So that's where this starts becoming a little scarier, is this maybe this weakest this weakest uh, schedule, second worst schedule in the league, isn't necessarily the second worst schedule anymore, which we know we talk about that when we go in. So we talk, we try and qualify that by saying on, on paper, oh, guess what else? Tampa's got some life to them. They're not rolling over and looking for the number one pick either. They just beat a pretty good Saints team fairly handily. I know the quarterback is the quarterback situation, but still, 
The schedule's starting to look a little bit harder than we had expected as well. Anonymous reader comes is Lawrence's first eight games looked worse than Ritter's. The problem with that anonymous reviewer is the the Falcons are in year three of this project, and that was basically step one with the Jacksonville Jaguars is get your quarterback and then start building. And when we're talking about team building, that was the problem I had with taking Kyle Pitts, a tight end, a pass catcher, when the rest of your team was a shambles in 2021. You didn't get your quarterback and you started building a team and then you're going to try and fit a quarterback in it. Well, if you've got a decent enough team, you can hover around four, 500 no matter who your quarterback is. And then you're going to have trouble getting the quarterback, getting the Trevor Lawrence. The biggest difference in this game to anybody watching was at the quarterback position. You know, there you'll you will not convince me otherwise. So as I'm watching Desmond Ritter, he just looks completely uncomfortable in the pocket. Okay, that's that's on him. That's on coaching. That's on an inexperience. The second interception he threw, first one laser vision for sure. Second one laser vision, but the second one he threw. Little crossing route, throws it dead into a safety who jumps, jumps the route and comes up and takes it. Did that look familiar to anybody? Because the minute I saw it, I I had flashbacks to Jeff Jesse Bates week one. Remember who he was going against? He was going against Bryce Young making his very first start. Rookie quarterbacks making rookie throws. In essence, Desmond Ritter is still on that level. Yes, this is his second year, but this was what, his eighth start? He's still making rookie throws. He still looks uncomfortable like a rookie in the pocket which is why a lot of us said, boy, wouldn't it have been nice to have played him earlier last year in a lost season instead of sticking with Marcus Mariota. But I digress. I digress. Um, but yeah, the anonymous reader, the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021 when they had Lawrence starting were a disaster. They, they were a number one overall pick team and they looked like it. In fact, they were two years in a row had that type of roster. The Falcons are in year three. Last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they, after two, two first-round draft picks, two number one overall picks, and, and all those guys, they spent a ton of money on free agency, and they made a playoff run. That's where the Falcons should be this year. That's where they should be. They, they've got three drafts under their belts. They've built the offense. They've spent a ton of money to build the defense, and they should be making a playoff run. <clears throat> and that's the standard we are going to hold them to this year because seven and 10, seven and 10, free agent money, three top 10 picks, eight and nine, nine and eight and isn't good enough. It's not good enough for this team. 10 Cam comes in. He says, it sucks, but move forward. I watched that on my 21st birthday. Now I got to see them live against Houston on Sunday. One of my really good friends is from Houston. I was thinking about calling him. I was, hey, you want to go to the game? I think we're both off from baseball. We might, we might head up. So enjoy the game on Sunday. That one just became a lot more interesting. That was one we think, like I said, the Falcons pencil that one in as a win. Not when you write in pen. You know, I said, we, we write some of these in pencil. We write some of these pen. Against Houston at home, week five, that's one you got to have. And all of a sudden, that looks a lot more shaky. C.J. Stroud is playing great. As I mentioned, the difference between the quarterbacks, watch, it is, if you pressure Ritter, it, the, the play's over. And that's that's bad. Oh, man, that's bad. The only quarterback I've ever seen that does worse with more time is Zach Wilson. You want to pressure rookie quarterbacks. They look uncomfortable. They make bad decisions. They get rid of the ball. If I didn't see the physical tools in Desmond Ritter, I see plenty of arm. He's a good athlete. He's tall enough. When he rips a throw, he's got a good arm. Then I would say, okay, I'm ready to give up because he just physically doesn't have it. 
Right now, mentally, he doesn't have it. I'll agree with anybody there. Now, if you're ready to say, I don't want Ritter anymore, do you think that he never will? And, and if so, why do you think that? Because he's been a, a, you know, he's been a winner. He's been a good quarterback. I see enough physical tools that I'm willing to keep going with this for a little. We said it was a long leash, willing to keep going with it for a little while. Greg Elrod says, good morning. I'll root for him. Uh, I'll, I'll pray for him. But Desmond Ritter might not be ready. And, and the, the thing is, Greg, the only way he's really ever going to get ready is to play. Um, you know, and, and I know I just, if this was Bryce Young, you know, would you, would you want to throw in the towel on him right now? You know, what's really the difference between Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter right now? Besides, it's their draft position. If the Falcons had taken a late round, traded back up into the first round and taken Desmond Ritter at the back end of the first round, I think the narratives around him would be very different. But they were able to take advantage of a really weird draft class and get him in the third round. I thought he was a second round guy myself. And during during a lot of the mock drafts, I took Desmond Ritter with the Falcons' uh, first second round pick last year. I'm like, this is a good spot to get your quarterback. Took Malik Willis too a couple times in that spot. Uh, that was a decent spot to try and get your quarterback. They got him in the third. So we'll see. But I, I get it. I I. I get it. There's frustration with Arthur Smith. There's frustration with uh, with Desmond Ritter. And my frustration goes back farther than that. I am much more of a personnel guy than an X's and O's guys. And team building, I love, absolutely love it. When I used to play Madden, I wouldn't even play the games. I'd draft and sim. I would recruit and sim in NCAA football. Uh, I'm much more about the general manager aspect of it. And the construction of this offense has been questionable there's been some questions to be asked on all three first round draft picks um with drake london you know wide receiver there's a couple wide there's lots of wide receivers it's a deep wide receiver draft take him in number eight when there's other things you you need on this team to go with a wide receiver when you still don't have a quarterback situation settled and back-to-back years you know bijan robinson the guy's a beast we, that one was the of the three that was the easiest one to justify for me i wouldn't have I, I i'm on record i would have taken jalen carter in that spot but uh you know for longevity for for cap save for cap value for salary cap value for position value etc cetera, etc cetera. you've got tyler algier already on the team you've, you should have had in april you expect to have cordero patterson you can find running backs but Bijan, come on that that was an easy one to uh that's an easy one to justify but the first two were the first two picks, the Kyle Pitts ones and Drake London, while good players, they just weren't the right fits for this team yet. Yet. Again, they'll play a season in 2024. They'll play again in 2025. But you're just burning through the cost savings, the rookie contract when your team wasn't ready to take advantage of these guys. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And I had big questions there. I, I, I did. I'd rather get... I won't beat that in the ground. We'll move on. <laughs> um, Raymond says, good morning, Scott. Man, that was an ugly one. Trying to keep up the hope. Again, the hope for me is this team's exactly where I predicted. I mean, I, I don't want to like, you know, 
throw my shoulder out. And it doesn't take too long to pat myself on the back, but I'm, we're 4-0 here on, on where we thought this team was going to be. Where do we think this team is going to finish? I said 10-7. and seven. So if 10-7 and seven is still a problem for you, well, that's not good enough, Scott. Okay, that's fine. I understand. If you're okay at the beginning of the season saying this is a 10-7 and seven in a playoff team, right now you're on that track. Problem is, like I said, the schedule looks tougher than it was, and the Falcons' offense looks worse than we were expecting. So, to me, this game coming up against the Houston Texans all of a sudden becomes, and I won't say must win, but it becomes more of a benchmark game. Where is this team? If you are going to be a 10 and 7 team, if you are going to be a playoff team, you've got to beat the Houston Texans at home. So, other than the first two games, the first two games at home, you had to win those. I understand you lose those two on the road, and I get them. Coming back home, if you're going to reach your goals, you need to beat the Texans. You need to beat the Commanders. Both home games, if I'm not totally mistaken on that one. Um, I thought after back-to-back road games, home games, yeah, after back-to-back road games, um, they get Commanders, and then it's at Buccaneers, at Tennessee, Vikings at home, at Cardinals. Okay, y'all. How many games is that? Texans, Commanders, Buccaneers, Titans, Vikings, Cardinals. That's six. That should be at worst four and two coming out of there. And you're looking at six and four on, on your way to 10 and seven. I, I think this team's on track, but the offense, oh, I don't have to tell you what the offense looks like. Uh, Brad Clark says, good day, everyone. Let's just address the elephant in the room. Ritter is holding us back, in my opinion. He's not ready. Tyler needs to take the wheel. He has experience and the talent to help this team win. And Brad, it's ironic. If you thought you had a chance at the playoffs last year, oh, we're within one game of this or with one game of that uh, with Marcus Mariota, and that's your excuse for not playing Ritter earlier in a season where you clearly weren't really a contender on way to 7-10, and 10. if that's your excuse, he gives us the best chance to win. I'm kind of with you on this, Brad. Uh, right now, I don't think you're going to convince many people that Desmond Ritter is the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win right now, Sunday, against the Houston Texans. It's not going to change, though. It, it's not, it, it won't be a change. Um, 10 Cam says, I'm looking at the Cardinals and Commander games differently. Absolutely. It, for me, it's the Texans and the Commanders. Both of them are significantly um, better than I was expecting. Dave asks, right now, who's a better quarterback, Desmond Ritter or Drew Locke? Drew Locke, of, the, of what I watched him, he was in his third year. So uh, Drew Locke was playing better for the Denver Broncos in his his third year that I saw him uh, versus the first year starting of um, of Desmond Ritter. But neither one of them are good enough to be who you need them to be right now. Drew Locke probably never will be. And Desmond Ritter isn't right now. Joe Canis is great morning, Scott. Great morning to you as well. Um Brad Clark says, uh, Robinson is special. Every time I see him, I see a little Barry Sanders. You're, you're not wrong on that. And Barry Sanders is one of the most fun players to ever watch play this game ever. I'm not going to say he was the best. There's an argument for it. But one of the most fun, most exciting players to watch uh, I've seen. Ryan Adonis is pissed. I get it. It's time to stop being nice about this team. Ritter is not improving or progressing. We have way too much talent to be held back by a guy who can't take the next step. Again, I won't say can't. Uh, you've seen guys take a next step. It's taken a year. But it's certainly not progressing as fast as you would hope. 
and um, he is holding this team back. He's he's holding the offense back. The, the first couple of drives, I started charting it. I was like, okay, there's eight defending the run for the Jaguars on play one. There's eight defending the run on play two. And then you throw, and it's sideways. And if you get any pressure on him, he's just shaky, uh, nervous. It's It's not good right now. It's not good. And if we look up all of the metrics, it's so not good, it's probably going to be last. Zach Wilson had a pretty decent game yesterday in his third year, again. Um, but I'm trying to think of, you know, who are the worst quarterbacks are in the league right now? It's Desmond Ritter and Bryce Young, probably. That's probably the other one. And he didn't, he got banged up, so he didn't play. Um, Dave says two and two feels like 0 and four to me. And that, that's what it feels like after a loss. Um, Joe asks, quick question. If we make the switch to Taylor and get the same results for him, will Arthur Smith be on the hot seat? I think it's going to come down to really with record, how's this team look? I think seven and 10 or worse, and that seat's real hot. Then you've got, I don't think it would happen. I think it would take a four win season, three win season for, for him to get fired after year three. But eight and eight, eight and nine or below in that seven and 10 range. And you got one more year. You're, you're, you're coaching for your job next season. Um, you know, I've seen some people glam on to that Arthur Blank saying this was a three-year project. That doesn't mean it's over after three years. It means they expected to be competitive in year three. That, that was obvious. Let's look at the salary cap. You know, let's look at the free agent spending. Let's look at the incomings and outgoings. In year three of this project, we expect to be competitive. That doesn't mean year three or else. Again, nine and eight, you're safe. Ten and seven, you're safe. Anything above that, obviously. Um, but yeah, he's, he's going to start feeling the pressure. And what's interesting, Joe, he doesn't always handle the pressure real well in the press conferences. And this is a really, really nice press room you've got in Atlanta. I, I mentioned that last year. Stop treating these people like like stop the petulant child act worth in. And to be fair, he he that went away. He stopped snapping at reporters. I'm like, dude, you're in Atlanta. These guys are soft. The expectations are bottomed out. Chill. You know, these guys aren't your enemies. Keith and Ellen Johnson's um, over on Facebook. Good morning. How bad before we start planning for next QB? Dude, I'm always planning for the next quarterback. Um, if let's say Bo Nix, Shador Sanders comes out and you're sitting there in the middle and, and you love Bo Nix, you draft him. You draft him. You know, so unless Desmond Ritter takes off, which right now all we've said is, what do you expect for this team? And, and I think, and Ryan, I know you you said this probably isn't good enough. And there's some people that said, why are we handling this with kid gloves? If Desmond Ritter just plays average, this is a playoff team with a shot, just average. He's last. So you see what I'm saying? If he's playing average, the Falcons are three and one right now at worst, and they probably would have beaten Detroit. They probably would have beaten Detroit and had a chance against Jacksonville because the offense lost both of those games. The defense is playing lights out if you just even get average. But right now, Desmond Ritter and this offense have a long way to go for their balance and passing game to be average. Right now, it's not there. Um, Keith asks, is it not fair that I'm done with Des? Dude, I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan. And if you don't think he's the guy or ever will be the guy, I certainly understand it. 
Uh, we've heard enough people to say, I'm, I'm, I've seen enough to say, one, there's not a whole lot of other options. It's not like you're sitting there with a the number one pick going, okay, why isn't this guy playing again? Put this guy in. Taylor Heineke's a bridge quarterback. Might give you a better chance to win. Maybe you want to go that direction, but there's not anybody really, really breathing down his neck that you're trying to push to get in. Think of it right now. If Tyler Algier was struggling and keeping Bijan Robinson from getting carries, the chatter you would hear there. But but right now, no, I think it's uh I think it's fair. I, I, I think it's fair. Jay, good to see you. He says happy Monday. What the heck was that yesterday? That was the sum of all fears. I think that was a movie. I think that was a uh one of those Clancy movies or something like that. That that uh the, the Jack Ryan movies, the sum of all fears that the offense that Desmond Ritter would hold this team back to a point where it was a problem. It was a problem yesterday. That's what it was, Jay. Hope you're doing well. Um, let me scroll down here. Some see some some newer faces. Brian Dyer says six wins this year. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's an ugly offense. I think we're gonna have a pretty good idea. Again, this this all of a sudden becomes an incredibly important game. Uh, you should have a pretty a, a pretty good home field advantage for a change. Houston isn't exactly a lot of people in Houston are still in Houston. It's not like you know you're playing one of those Midwest or Northeast teams where they move to the South and they're millions and millions. Houston's already in the South; they're already in Texas. So we should have a pretty decent home field advantage for a change, uh, and it's it's an incredibly important game. Michael asks, good to see you, Michael. He says, how long is the leash? Another year, um, win enough games to be out of a good pick. Yeah, man, if there was ever a time that you wanted to be 0-17, this is it. Caleb Williams would start for this team right now, today, tomorrow, yesterday, and and be an upgrade. Uh, Drake May, number two overall. Falcons will get the third overall pick and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and take another wide receiver. (laughs) Oh, God, can you imagine? We'll have to remember this. Scott said it for the first time on October 2nd, and he lost his mind if the Falcons took another wide receiver. Oh, my God. In the first round. Not that they couldn't use another wide receiver, but somebody's got to throw him the ball, right? Somebody? Anybody? Because one of the big problems here I'm watching with this team is their lack of ability to get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing. And when you're blitzing... You're putting pressure on the back end of your defense. They cannot get pressure with a four-man front. Um, the the interior line put two guys on Grady Jarrett, who's your best pass rusher in the front. Bud Dupree is really good at sealing the edge. He's not a great pass rusher. Um, right now, he's a good player. He's he's really helping this team. Um, Ebiketti hasn't taken that step yet. The, the, the next premium resource, whether it's free agency or draft, it's, man, it's got to go into getting some pressure on the quarterback if, if you can't get a quarterback. Right now, for this team, the number one priority is quarterback. Uh, I don't think it's all that. Uh, right now, the number one priority for this team, as far as team building goes, uh, is quarterback. Guys, there is, I apologize. I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to start at the bottom and get a couple of the very last comments I have to get out of here in just a moment. I'm going to cruise on over to Mile High Huddle, and we're going to talk Broncos this morning for a little bit. If you want to follow me over there, that was an interesting game. That Speaking of the Caleb Williams Bowl and what do you do with Justin Fields, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, let's say uh, Jelani Miller came in. 
Uh, Jason has a question. He says, Scott, I wasn't a fan of your Lance trade proposal this year, but now I kind of wish they would have done it. And again, Jason, with the Trey Lance one was like a third round pick, you know, with, with Trey Lance, which is what I think the Cowboys sent, sent San Francisco. If you're able to get Trey Lance for a third round pick, uh, and this was before the season, this wasn't, didn't really have anything to do with Desmond Ritter, but now can you imagine if, if Trey Lance was on this team. The, the chatter that would be going on, ooh, it'd be loud. It'd be really loud if Trey Lance was on this team. Uh, Jelani Miller says, where's the Arthur Smith that made us run the ball 18 times on one drive and got the touchdown? Jacksonville commits, and I don't know if you watched our preview last week, Jelani. Jacksonville commits numbers to the run. They they run eight and nine guys at the run. You, you've it, Atlanta started having some success when they started running counters. They'd go left, Bijan would cut right, Lindstrom, McGarry are crashing down and giving that angle back on the backside. That's when they started having some success running the ball. Just trying to run into the teeth of that defense, it wasn't working. Trying to throw the ball sideways against that defense wasn't going to work. This isn't a great Jacksonville defense. They they schemed to Atlanta's weakness and said, try and beat us. They couldn't. They, they couldn't. So... It was it was a little bit a little bit tough on this one. You were going to have to though, and that's what the Falcons are going to be seeing here moving forward. They're going to be seeing eight nine man fronts, so that's not uh, that's not too too surprising. Keith Robbins says, "Where do I find the Broncos one?" Keith, you can find it at Facebook at Mile High Huddle, or you can find it at YouTube at Mile High Huddle, and uh, I'll be going live there in about two minutes because right now. I have to get out of here. Mr. Panch kind of saying what I was saying. Teams will start making uh, Ritter beat them from now on. Yeah, you're, you're going to start seeing, if you haven't already, you're going to start seeing more of them, just stack boxes. And this is when I when I said last week, I'm like, okay, then you put Drake and you put Kyle Pitts out wide and, and throw them three fades in a row. Just what, you're not going to have that. It's not going to be any worse than what you're doing. I'll take my chances in one-on-one coverage that you can stop Kyle Pitts or Drake London on a fade three straight times. I like my chances there better than running into the teeth of a nine-man front. So it's going to be a little tough. On that note, we will be back. Nick will be back on Wednesday. We'll talk some more about this. We'll look more towards the Texans game because, again, that that game just became hella important for this Atlanta Falcons team, for Desmond Ritter, for Arthur Smith, for that Falcons offense to reach their goals. This This is a game they have to win, and all of a sudden, it looks difficult i would say pick them right now i wonder what espn is saying they're saying 52.4 percent to 47.2 percent in favor of the atlanta falcons and the falcons are a two and a half point favorite see if that changes as it as it as it moves along on that note come join us if you want to continue the conversation i'm going to hop over to mile high huddle on youtube and facebook here in just a moment after i wet my whistle a little bit with some coffee but i nick and i will be back on wednesday same time same channels 9 a.m., we'll go an hour on the Atlanta Falcons and dig into this a little deeper. Who was good, who wasn't, because we spent the whole time on the obvious one today, which was Desmond Ritter, Arthur Smith, and then I got into a little Kyle Pitts and how he's starting to make me really, really nervous. And the O.J. Howard comparison. Type in O.J. Howard, R-E-F. Hit search and click on his, his search bar and look at his numbers, including his NFL combine numbers at the very bottom and tell me I'm wrong. Hope that I'm wrong. All right, y'all. I certainly appreciate it. Y'all have a great morning. 
Happy Monday. We'll see you next time.